Hey, welcome once again. This is Elle at Iron Dove. Dialogue is the key to reform. Access is the key to dialogue. At Iron Dove, you can find both. Come on down, sign up, talk it up, and let's see what we can figure out. Serendipity? Synchronicity? Coincidence? Whatever you want to call it. Just last night, I was talking to my best friend about John F. Kennedy and his challenge to Congress in 1961 to land and return home safely a man on the moon. And it was just the weirdest thing to get up this morning. And, you know, I'm not a history buff. I, I like to keep informed, but there's just no way that I knew that today was the anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And uh, I have this interesting little widget on my computer that when you click on the widget, it tells you important dates in today in history. And uh, I click on it, and not just last night was I having this conversation about challenging this nation as Kennedy challenged this nation. And here it is, the anniversary of his assassination. Just really weird. So anyway, exactly, exactly 42 years ago today, President John F. Kennedy was shot and killed in Dallas on his way to uh, a speech to be presented to the trademark in Dallas. In this speech that he never actually delivered, he talks about the effort towards achieving the space program. This effort is expensive, but it pays its own way for freedom and for America. For there is no longer any fear in the free world that a communist lead in space will become a permanent assertion of supremacy and the basis of military superiority. There is no longer any doubt about the strength and skill of American science, American industry, American education, and the American free enterprise system. In short, our national space effort represents a great gain in and a great resource of our national strength. And I think that we, as a nation, should do that with regard to our energy. And that's what we were talking about, was that I was saying, why isn't our president saying to the American people, we need to make a commitment, we need to mobilize on a timeline, a very specific, detailed, short timeline, as a matter of our national security, as free people in the free world, we should mobilize and make it a committed plan of this country to cease using fossil fuels, to find an alternative clean energy source that can be used in our country and around the world that will keep us healthy, keep this planet healthy, that will sustain our worldwide defenses, that will grow prosperity economically, that will grow prosperity environmentally, and that will demonstrate to the world that we are committed to peace. Peace and prosperity for all people. Listen to a speech that he made. This was presented as an urgent need in person before a joint session of Congress, May 25th, 1961. Finally, if we are to win the battle that is now going on around the world between freedom and tyranny, 
The dramatic achievements in space which occurred in recent weeks should have made clear to us all, as did the Sputnik in 1957, the impact of this adventure on the minds of men everywhere who are attempting to make a determination of which road they should take. Since early in my term, our efforts in space have been under review. With the advice of the Vice President, who is Chairman of the National Space Council, we have examined where we are strong and where we are not, where we may succeed and where we may not. Now it is time to take longer strides, time for a great new American enterprise, time for this nation to take a clearly leading role in space achievement, which in many ways may hold the key to our future on Earth. I believe we possess all the resources and talents necessary, but the facts of the matter are that we have never made the national decisions or marshaled the national resources required for such leadership. We have never specified long-range goals on an urgent time schedule or managed our resources and our time so as to ensure their fulfillment. Recognizing the head start obtained by the Soviets with their large rocket engines, which gives them many months of lead time, and recognizing the likelihood that they will exploit this lead for some time to come in still more impressive successes, we nevertheless are required to make new efforts on our own. For while we cannot guarantee that we shall one day be first, we can guarantee that any failure to make this effort will make us last. We take an additional risk by making it in full view of the world. But as shown by the feet of astronaut Shepard, this very risk enhances our stature when we are successful. But this is not merely a race. Space is open to us now, and our eagerness to share its meaning is not governed by the efforts of others. We go into space because whatever mankind must undertake, free men must fully share. And our responsibility to this world at this time is to provide for our own security reliable, clean energy. If we no longer need to fuel our lives in a way that destroys our environment, we have achieved a new freedom. A freedom that before this we didn't have. By using fossil fuels and continuing to use fossil fuels, we destroy the very ground we stand on. We place the future of our children and their children in an environment of peril. The planet may continue to exist, but the people on it won't be able to survive. If we deplete the ozone layer, already global warming is not an if or a maybe, it's a fact. Our climate has changed, our 
very existence will change. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. We propose to accelerate the development of the appropriate lunar spacecraft. We propose to develop alternate liquid and solid fuel boosters, much larger than any now being developed, until certain which is superior. We propose additional funds for other engine development and for unmanned exploration, explorations which are particularly important for one purpose which this nation will never overlook, the survival of the man who first makes this daring flight. But in a very real sense, it will not be one man going to the moon. If we make this judgment affirmatively, it will be an entire nation, for all of us must work to put him there. Secondly, an additional $23 million, together with $7 million already available, will accelerate development of the Rover nuclear rocket. This gives promise of someday providing a means for even more exciting and ambitious exploration of space, perhaps beyond the moon, perhaps to the very end of the solar system itself. Third, an additional $50 million will make the most of our present leadership by accelerating the use of space satellites for worldwide communications. Fourth, an additional $75 million, of which $53 million is for the Weather Bureau, will help give us at the earliest possible time a satellite system for worldwide weather observation. Let it be clear and this is a judgment which the members of the Congress must finally make. Let it be clear that I am asking the Congress and the country to accept a firm commitment to a new course of action, a course which will last for many years and carry very heavy costs, $531 million in fiscal 62, and an estimated $7 to $9 billion additional over the next five years. If we are to go only halfway or reduce our sights in the face of difficulty, in my judgment, it would be better not to go at all. Now, this is a choice which this country must make, and I'm confident that under the leadership of the space committees of the Congress and the appropriating committees that you will consider the matter carefully. It is a most important decision that we make as a nation, but uh, all of you have lived uh, through the last four years and have seen the significance of space and the adventures in space. And no one can predict with certainty uh, what the ultimate meaning will be of mastery of space. I believe we should go to the moon. But I think every citizen of this country, as well as the members of the Congress, should consider the matter carefully in making their judgment, to which we've given attention over many weeks and months. Because it is a heavy burden. And uh, there is no sense in uh, agreeing uh, or desiring that the United States take an affirmative position in outer space unless we are prepared to do the work and bear the burdens to make it successful. If we are not, we should decide today and this year.
This decision demands a major national commitment of scientific and technical manpower, materiel and facilities, and the possibility of their diversion from other important activities where they're already thinly and spread. It means a degree of dedication, organization, and discipline which have not always characterized our research and development efforts. It means we cannot afford undue work stoppages, inflated costs of material or talent, wasteful interagency rivalries, or a high turnover of key personnel. New objectives and new money cannot solve these problems. They could, in fact, aggravate them further unless every scientist, every engineer, every serviceman, every technician, contractor, and civil servant gives his personal pledge that this nation will move forward with a full speed of freedom in the exciting adventure of space. That was President John F. Kennedy. This was delivered in person before joint session of Congress where the president challenged this country to put every single effort, manpower, mind power, woman power, scientific power, money, time, resources, commitment, everything into one single purpose. To land and return safely a man to the moon. That was May 25, 1961. His request was that within that decade, we would land a man on the moon. President John F. Kennedy never lived to see this. But on July 16, 1969, the Apollo 11 launched from the Kennedy Space Center. And on July 20, 1969, Commander Neil Armstrong became the first man to step foot on the moon. In approximately eight years' time, this country mobilized all of its brilliant mind, energy, talent, commitment, and cooperation to achieving an unbelievable goal. It was good for the country. It was good for the economy. It was good for morale, and it was of the absolute utmost importance to our national security. If you listen to the speech of John F. Kennedy, and you simply replace the words landing on the moon or space exploration with the words energy independence, clean reliable energy for all people. The elimination of the use of fossil fuels. That challenge and all of his words hold equal measure and weight. What this country got out of this space exploration project initiated by John F. Kennedy were inventions, technologies that changed the face of this planet, that changed life as we knew it then. Computers, 
microwave ovens, handheld calculators, color TVs, touch-tone telephones, LED displays, which have since been replaced by LCD displays, which are most commonly the flat panel monitor displays, semiconductor chips, fiber optics, space satellites for weather, and all kinds of things. Mylar balloons. The Mylar was developed for the Apollo lunar module as an insulation. The amount of product, technology, life-changing industry that we saw out of that exploration is mind-boggling and too numerous to even mention. We in this country need to take a challenge, make a challenge. We need a leader who is willing to go out there and say to the American people, I challenge you, like President Kennedy challenged a generation ago, to commit yourselves in time, in money, in intellect to achieving something that is so vital to our economy and to our national security that we cannot ignore it further. And commit ourselves to finding a clean alternative to fossil fuels that will propel humanity into the next century, that will create the new technologies, that will create the new computers, that will create the new vehicles that will move us as a people, as a global community, into the next age of evolution. In 1961, President John F. Kennedy addressed the United Nations, and he spoke about terror. And terrorism then is no different than terrorism now. And he said, I quote, terror is not a new weapon. Throughout history, it has been used by those who could not prevail either by persuasion or example, but inevitably they fail either because men are not afraid to die for a life worth living or because the terrorists themselves came to realize that free men cannot be frightened by threats and that aggression would meet its own response. And it is in the light of that history that every nation today should know, be he friend or foe, that the United States has both the will and the weapons to join free men in standing up to their responsibilities. End quote. And our responsibility as a people, as a leader among nations, is to provide an environment where we can all live freely, sharing in the benefit of clean, safe energy. So come on down, sign up, talk it up, and let me know what you think. I'd really love to know. Until tomorrow, this is Elle at Iron Dove, signing out.